Evermore Poe is the historical account of a teenaged Edgar Allan Poe. Please don't forget to follow and share this podcast. Evermore Poe was researched, written, produced, and edited by yours truly, journalist Chris Kosach. I began my research more than a decade ago using vetted journalistic methods with corroborated fact-checking from respected sources including the Library of Congress, notable scholars, and the National Archives, among other collections, strung together in a narrative style. In other words, my story is mostly true. Please note, while Evermore Poe is based on fact, it should not be confused with the historic record. For that, I hope you will go down your own rabbit hole to research one of the most thrilling American authors of all time. Chapter 2 The headmaster's bell echoed through the quad, signaling the end of another school day at Clark's Classical Academy for Boys. Eddie filed down the colonial building's front stairs and made his way across the quad. Heads up! Instinctively, his hand shot up, catching the ball mere inches from his face. Nice catch, Eddie. It was Tom Ellis, the son of Pa's business partner. Tom wore a broad smile as he ran up to retrieve his ball. What the devil is this thing? Eddie questioned the oblong sphere. It's a football. This is not a football, Tom. I don't know how else to describe it. It's a kind of new football that they invented in England. I lived in England, remember? I never saw such a thing, Eddie replied. Did you ever visit the city of rugby? No. Well, there you have it. That's where they invented it. Plus, it's new and you've been back in Virginia for a while now. So you can't know everything, now can you? Fair enough, Eddie said, tossing it back. The two boys played ball under the shade of a large willow oak while they waited for the rest of their friends to arrive. Have you studied for the test in Latin? Tom asked. I never study, Eddie replied flatly. I thrive on the nervous energy. Helps me ace a test every time. I think I hate you, Tom said of his whip-smart friend. A wry smile crossed Eddie's lips. Mission accomplished. The friends were still laughing when the rest of their after-school gang arrived. Richard Carey Ambler, R.C. to his friends, was a wiry boy whose family had been an early settler at Jamestown. The oldest among them, Jack Preston, had his sights set on politics just like the rest of his family. Rob Cobble strode up with the widow Burling's son Ebenezer, or Nez for short. The comely group of Richmond's finest appeared the picture of eloquence and charm to the high society in which they were born. In reality, they were a gang of boys clinging to their last bits of rebel youth before it was whipped out of them with the force of a birch rod. Eddie, the charity case of the distinguished Allen family, tried desperately to fit in with this, Richmond's finest in the making. The group of boys trailed down the road together past the edge of town. At a bend in the road, they came across a bird with a broken wing flapping around on the ground. Most of the boys ignored the creature altogether, walking past without a mention. One of them kicked gravel at the dying creature, causing Eddie to cringe. He slowed his gait in a cool manner so as not to be noticed. Keep going, he told the group. I'll catch up. I gotta tie my shoe. But as the boys disappeared behind the hedge, Eddie went immediately to the bird, cradling the petrified thing in his hands. He knew there wasn't much he could do for the poor thing, but he had to try. I'm sorry, he whispered. He placed the bird at the base of a crepe myrtle away from the trail. Then he wiped his hands on his pants and caught up to the group without anyone noticing a thing. The riverbanks along the James River had become well-developed in recent years, with docks and ports, warehouses and mills all serving some purpose in the region's thriving agriculture industry. 
That is, save for one last untouched spot that the group had adopted as their own. From the nearest road, it looked like any other grove of trees that lie in the riverbank. But beyond the brush lie a pristine clearing, complete with downed logs that served as benches. Overgrown tree branches hung in every direction, giving the effect of an arboreal window framing a serene view of passing bateau. Directly below this bucolic spot ran the cool white water of the falls, a part of the James River considered useless to builders and too rocky for the mills. When the boys chose this spot, they hadn't realized that the loud rush of the river below would drown out their raucous laughter. That was simply a bonus. But once they realized they could be rude, crude, and blasphemous in this private spot, the hidden riverbank became their heaven on earth. Here, under a veil of privacy, fine young southern gentlemen in the making could do decidedly ungentlemanly things. Among the boys' favorite vices were gambling, drinking, and swearing like the dirtiest sailors on Dock Street. On occasion, someone would bring lewd pictures or other obscena to share, if nothing more than to outshock the last boy's offering. Because the use of tobacco was socially acceptable, even for youth, the boys weren't terribly interested in it. That was something their fathers often permitted, thanks to the many upstanding families, including the Allens, dealing in the sweet leaf themselves. However, spitting tobacco? Now that was entirely uncouth. And so here in their peaceful little haven, the elite group of young Virginians spat, cursed, and drank to their heart's delight. Not a single one of them noticed the prying eyes intently watching their every move from the adjacent bushes. Evermore Poe is the historical account of a teenaged Edgar Allan Poe. If you'd like to learn more about Eddie's devolution to become the master of the macabre, please don't forget to follow and share this podcast. Evermore Poe was researched, written, produced, and edited by yours truly, journalist Chris Kosach. I began my research more than a decade ago using vetted journalistic methods with corroborated fact-checking from respected sources including the Library of Congress, periodicals obtained from multiple Poe museums, notable scholars, and the National archives, among other collections, strung together in a narrative style. In other words, my story is mostly true. Our music today is from MK2, Quintus Marrera, and Esther Abrami. It should be noted that some of the characters in Evermore Poe are composites of real people, including servants and slaves who lived in the Allen home at the time of our story. Please note, while Evermore Poe is based on fact, it should not be confused with the historic record. For that, I hope you will go down your own rabbit hole to research one of the most most thrilling American authors of all time. Our story continues again next time on Evermore Poe. Until then, I'm Chris Kosach. Thank you for listening.